Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Wendy Dillard here. Today is Friday. Happy Friday, April 27th, 2018. 4 p.m. Eastern Time, your second daily dose of happy for the day, your 10th for the week, as we do two a day, Monday through Friday, so it's been another busy week, and it's been a good one. I'm I'm very happy to report that even though my day got a little crazy earlier, it calmed down, and I got some really good work done with the programming developers who are writing this special software for my wife's gardening services business. It's basically software that we're going to use to uh, replace what we're currently doing for tracking people's time and scheduling people, you know, setting up the calendar and all that kind of stuff. And it's also going to be like the foundation for more stuff we'll add later on. So I was really pleased to see the progress today. So it's, it's a good day. Cool. Yeah, very good well, day. Well, that's even exciting just to know you're having, you know, customized um, programming done for the business. That's fun. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's something obviously you need to have some background for it, which I do. Um, it's not something for the, the faint of heart or, or those who lack you know, basic <laughs> knowledge about it. But when you've got the, the knowledge and the background, it's actually very cool to have you know a team doing your programming for you. In fact, at some point, I'm going to be doing the same thing for the podcast because I've already mapped oh, out really? my mind. Yeah, I've already mapped out my mind how I want to have some software written that will run on my web server. I have a web server that um, not only hosts the LOAToday.net website, but I also have customers from my business because you know, I have hosting customers. And on that server, I want to put some software that basically will interact with the Zoom platform that we use. The Zoom platform, of course, is like a conference call platform and video conferencing if you really want that, although we don't use it for that. It's going to interact between that and Spreaker so that anyone who wants to run a call won't have to have this crazy setup that I've got. It'll all be direct. The only thing they'll have to do is interact with a Zoom platform, which anyone could do, which means I don't have to be the host of all the shows anymore. Cool. I mean, not that it's not fun that you're the host, but cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's very cool because that means we can really start expanding the schedule just as fast as we can find good qualified people to be the hosts and co-hosts. So, I Love mean, we, we'd be getting a lot closer to the point where we have 24-7 LOA Today shows. Wow. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? I mean, <laughs> I mean, CNN runs 24-7 and their stuff is going continually. But how awesome would it be if we were the alternative to all other radio shows, <laughs> yeah, all about other that? <laughs> news programs? Oh, I'd love it. I mean, we won't try to go for 24-7 right away, but imagine if we could fill up, say, all the daylight hours in the United States, which would be, you know, like, you know, half to two-thirds of all the hours in a day. That would still be yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah That's so awesome. Yay! Good stuff happening here. I mean, this is this is a happy day. How is your day going? Is your day a happy day, too? Oh, my day is fabulous. Um, I have an update. Oh. Like yesterday at the end of the show... I said, I hope to have my new belief in place by oh, tomorrow, that's right. yeah. and we'll see what happens. Right. So to kind of recap, on Monday, my merchant account got approved. On Tuesday, I spent hours with customer service trying to get it all set up so I could actually use my merchant account. <laughs> Wednesday, I sent, I had it all taken care of, and I sent the link for my customer to make a payment, and then... That day he was getting squirrely and I started to go, uh-oh, I think he's actually a scammer who's wanting to fraud me because he asked me to charge $3,600, of which only 1000 would be mine, send the 2500 through a bank deposit to his private limo driver, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good catch and on that so, one, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, and so at that point I'm like, huh. Someone's trying to scam me. But the good news was Law of Attraction was using um, the need to get a new merchant account because he requested it as a way to get that to happen. So I'm grateful for that. But it was funny how when all of that kind of settled down and I went, oh, he's not really even a legitimate customer. Okay, done with that. Then all of a sudden the next thought came to me, which was yesterday, huh, I wonder what in me created this. I wonder what energetic vibration I was bringing to the table that I would match with someone who was a scamming fraud. Did you figure something out? And I did. <laughs> and so, like, as I looked at it deeper, 
And how I do that, because this is to me the important stuff as to why I want to share this. I looked back on the whole situation with this scammer guy. And I went back to the very first email he ever sent me. And I felt into what it felt like to receive his words and his requests. And there was a feeling there where I felt mm, a little uneasy, mm-hmm. but it was so almost imperceptible, I overlooked it and I didn't take action on it. I didn't ask further questions about it. And so I responded to him. And then he responded back. And there was another little teeny imperceptible, almost negative feeling of imbalance, uncertainty, but it wasn't enough for me to know what to do with. Ah, yeah. So I just continued to proceed. And there were about three of those where every time I received something from him, it felt a little off. But again, nothing big enough for me to go, why would I say no? to a customer who's wanting to spend a couple thousand dollars with my services. Understandable. Right? Yeah. So then as I went forward, he you know, let me know he had a problem with PayPal and with Square and that he needed it to be a different merchant service. And so I'm like, okay, fine. I went and you know, did that. But when we got to the other end and I recognized, oh, this guy is just trying to scam me. And I was looking at it going, okay, what in me attracted this? I went back to the beginning And I started to kind of lift the hood, if you will, on these little teeny subtle feelings of discomfort. And I started asking questions about what that discomfort was and see if I could get a handle on it. And what came to me was I have felt this before and I have felt it in two areas of my life. One, when it comes to somebody wanting to do business with me and one when it came to uh, like I'm on a dating app and mm-hmm. I think a, a man might be interested in me. In both situations, there was a feeling of fear of loss. So I'll take each one apart. So like with this guy, I was afraid that if I asked my normal set of questions, I might say something that would cause him to be irritated by me or annoyed in a way that he would go, I don't even want to work with her. In a dating scenario where it's a dating app and you know, you're communicating through text or email messages. It's like, I didn't want to say anything that might cause him to not want to pursue getting to know me. But the underlying feeling in both situations was I'm afraid or I'm in fear of losing the connection. With one, it was losing the financial uh, remuneration I'll get from doing business with him. And in the dating scenario, it's the fear of not having an opportunity to, to get to know somebody where there could be a potential love match. So when I went to sleep last night, that was the level of clarity that I had. I was delighted to have that level of clarity. I'm like, okay, it's about the fear of loss. Yeah, that's pretty good to to get that much out of it. It, That's very good. So I I get very excited when I'm able to have that level of clarity because I'm like, well, I could totally see how I'm matching up with people who would um, have ill intent because their having ill intent matches my fear of loss. Like I sense those were on a similar uh, energetic vibration. And that's how law of attraction would match us up. Mm -hmm. So I went to sleep with that last night. And I just, you know, my ask was to, you know, open this up for me so that by today's show, I would have something positive to report. (laughs) Which, By the way, I love having the show every day because I feel compelled to provide some new information. <laughs> well, we appreciate that you provide the information. It provides a very interesting <laughs> show. It provides good stories. You know, it keeps everybody on the edge of their seats. Like, what's she going to come up with next? <laughs> so what I got this morning when I was waking, and, you know, I wake up a couple times usually during the night, and I check in. I'm like, nothing yet. And I'm like, nothing yet. <laughs> and I thought it was 5 a.m., and I'm like, well, when I wake up at 8, I sure hope there's an answer. <laughs> 
and my alarm went off at 7:30 and boom an answer popped in ah. <laughs> and i i start and here what here's what was interesting to me as i started to think on it wasn't like the answer just immediately popped in i woke up and i kind of went okay what's the answer i'm looking for and there was just kind of this feeling of blankness hmm. and so what i did is I tapped back into the original feeling of that just a little bit of discomfort at the beginning of the email exchange. And immediately it was like I was back in the energy that would open up the answer to me. Wow. Because now I was back in the feeling of what I don't want is this feeling of uh, fear of loss. Very good. And then I said, okay, so now that I know I don't want the fear of loss, I know what I kind of want, but inner, you know, I wanted my inner being to kind of give me exactly the right thought or feeling or belief that would help to shift this energy. Mm-hmm, sure. And what came to me was, you know, this. In, my inner being does this a lot, where they use phrases and and concepts that I already that are already well known to me as examples. Mm-hmm. And the first one that popped in was, "You can't say the wrong thing to the right person." nor can you say the right thing to the wrong person. Have you ever heard of that? No, but that's interesting. So I'll, I'll kind of take it apart. So I've heard, I don't even know who all I heard it from, but I've heard it from many like success principal uh, speakers. It sounds like, where, it sounds like that kind of cliche thing that they would use, right? Yeah. So like from an energetic perspective, this is how I like to look at it. If I'm blundering through my presentation to a potential customer, it's like that is not what's nearly as important as the fact that they're reading my energy and I can blunder away. But if I'm a match for them, they're going to sense I'm a match for them. Mm -hmm. So even if I say the wrong thing or I say something stupid, it doesn't really matter because when they're a match, they're the right person and they're going to connect with me and we're going to do business together. So That's the first part. I can't say the wrong thing to the right customer. Mm -hmm. Likewise, and I know we've all had this experience, you can say the most perfect right things. And if a person's not a match, they won't get it. They won't understand and they won't do business with me. That is true. I have lots of that experience, by the way. I'm really good at that. So that whole concept, which I'll say again, you can't say the wrong thing to the right person and you can't say the right thing to the wrong person. With that understanding, that helped me lock in the vibrational understanding that we're living in this matching, matching up universe. And if I really have a matching energy to a customer, we're going to connect. I won't screw it up. They won't screw it up. It's like law of attraction is going to match us up. It's all going to be just fine. Sure. Yeah. Makes sense. And and in the romantic relationship area, it's really the same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, Mm -hmm. I might think that I'm, you know, trying to put my best foot forward and impress some man, you know, that he'll think I'm really fabulous. And I might blunder it all up and say dumb things and I could spill wine all over his pants or whatever. (laughs) And that might be the perfect endearing thing that causes him to fall for me. Yeah. I mean, my wife found uh, the the perfect way to endear herself to me. Within three months of meeting me, she totaled my car. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) So how did that work out? (laughs) It actually worked out well, believe it or not. I know this sounds crazy. Believe it or not, it ended up paying for our wedding. (laughs) <laughs> really like I, the insurance claim yeah yeah because it wasn't our fault it wasn't her fault it was uh and oh, okay. actually the incident involved another wedding interestingly enough we were in rhode island where she had grown up and i didn't really know it as well as she did we were at the beach and we we're driving up to her parents house afterwards she says well i know the way better do you mind if i drive and of course the first words out of my mouth after i thought about it for a second were well okay just don't get into an accident <laughs> I swear this is exactly what happened. And 10 minutes later, we're on the side of the road because a woman had been coming the other direction. This is on Route 2 in Rhode Island for people who know that route. And it was in the middle of the day, middle of the week, so the road was empty. The only two cars on the road were us and her. And about 100 feet from us, she decides to pull across the lane to turn into a driveway and stop dead in the middle of our lane. Uh Uh-oh. 
<laughs> which is not a good combination. <laughs> Louise, it took a moment for her to re- realize what the hell was going on. She slammed on the brakes. We slammed into the car. And uh, after a bunch of negotiation with her insurance company, we were, oh, geez, after everything was settled up, I think we were about $12,000 richer. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Plus a new car. <laughs> My goodness. Yeah. Well, so there, there's a fun little story. There you go. Um, <laughs> but just to kind of wrap up, you know, my little scenario here, the other thing that came to me as really big, important awareness and understanding is that my inner being so knows what I want and what I desire that, okay, Put that aside for a second. So I matched up with the scammer on the energy that was still resident within me where I had a fear of loss. That is not a prevalent energy, by the way, that I live in anymore, but it has been there in my life. And I, I kind of knew as I was processing this that whatever it was, it was obsolete, but it required me acknowledging it and having awareness of it so I could flick it away and go, that no longer serves me, and then replace it with what does serve me. So the first belief that came into my understanding this morning was, I can't screw up with the right person. Because when I'm matching, I'm matching. So what I want to say, because this all has to do with matching energies, I did match up with the scammer because of an old obsolete belief, which I've now flicked away. But how this didn't move through to me getting scammed was obviously I have um, refined my ability to trust my inner being to give me insight and direction. And as soon as I saw the first email where he was asking for things that were inappropriate, boom, all my re- all my red flags went off and went, oh, no, he's a scammer. So, mm-hmm. boom, I'm done with him. Mm-hmm. But here's the nice thing. I'm only my inner being is also aware of what's important to me and what's to match me up with what matches my real desires. And a scammer doesn't match because when I look back, first of all, my criteria for my ideal client is somebody who is purposely, deliberately wanting to work the law of attraction Mm. for their personal benefit. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't mind teaching somebody law of attraction if they have a high interest in learning it from me. But if they're just a person who's interested in, like in this guy's case, he wanted to purchase these sessions for his nieces and daughters to be consoled while he was in the hospital undergoing surgery. Which is pretty strange. had quite the convoluted story. Yeah, that was was pretty strange. I'm really not in the business of that. Mm. It doesn't mean I can't do it, but that's not really my ideal client. Nope. And so in a sense, I said yes to what's not my ideal situation, I guess because I was intrigued by the things he was saying and the fact he said he had a driver, I thought, oh, well, he has money. And maybe if I start working with his daughters and nieces and they love me because everyone who works with me loves me. That's my belief, by the way. Could you hear it? <laughs> yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> that maybe they'll want more sessions and daddy slash uncle will be more than happy to pay for them. Mm-hmm. So in a way, without me even realizing it, because it was very subtle, I was being driven to make this transaction based on the monetary gain versus them matching who's my ideal client, Mm -hmm. which I'll tell you, that doesn't fit my MO either. Not really, because I've been known to when I'm talking to uh, somebody for their free 15 minute consultation, I've been known to say, I really don't know that you and I are a match and here's why. So I'm willing to turn away business if I don't think they're going to be my ideal client. Because unless someone is my ideal client, neither one of us is going to have a good time. True. And I like ease and flow. And I'm a, I am now out of the business of having coaching be difficult. I used to do lots of difficult coaching. And we got a great result. 
but oh my God, what it took out of me. I'm like, that wasn't worth it. I need to charge 10 times my fee for what I just went through. <laughs> yeah, sure. So this is what led me to a new awareness today about how my, in, my inner being was actually wanting to remind me of what I already know who my ideal client is. So now the show title is something about leveraging the power of the infinite or in, in inner being, right? right? Yep. So I, we had early voting here in my city today. And so I went out and did some early voting. And while I was out, I got to listen to Abraham on my car radio or cool. CD player. Okay. And I was listening to a CD I'd never, or sorry, yeah, a CD that I'd never heard before. And I had to go back and re-listen to it three times. And I still, the second two times, couldn't find exactly what I was looking for. But let's just say this. I know what I heard inside of me. So regardless of what Abraham literally spoke, I know the message that I needed to hear. That's cool when that happens, and, by the way. Yes. And here's the message that I, I got in, in greater detail. Part of this I already knew, and I'm going to ramp us up to from where I already knew it to the new insight that I got. So what I've always known is whenever we have a step one experience, whether we're asking deliberately or asking by default because circumstances just happen that are unpleasant, and so we unconsciously send off a rocket of desire of what we prefer. Okay, am I, am I making sense so yeah, far? Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're fine. Yep. Okay. So we have an ask, and in the moment we have this ask, our inner being immediately becomes the answer, becomes the solution, vibrates to the solution energy, and is ready to, and, and immediately starts broadcasting the signal of the solution energy to us. Now, much of the time, we're so busy being in the unpleasantness of the situation we're not able to receive the broadcast signal coming from our inner being because we're on a different wavelength. We're still in the vibrational energy of the problem, which in this case, let's say the problem was I'm dealing with a scammer and because of my resistance, or let's say it differently, because of my fear of loss, I was vibrating to fear of loss. And so even though my inner being was Wanting, it was constantly vibrating and sending me the broadcast signal of this is not your ideal client. I couldn't receive that. Now, what I could receive was he wants a new merchant account, and my inner being was saying, yeah, get a new merchant account. So I was <laughs> able to receive that part. Yeah. But when it was all said and done, my inner being got across to me, this was not my ideal client. This was not a match based on ideal. It was a match based on fear and scam and fraud. So that was the circumstance. But what I really heard in a unique way today was that our inner being is continually broadcasting the signal of whatever it is that we're desiring, whether we hear it or not, but they're broadcasting the signal. So law of attraction, this mechanism that matches up like vibrations, is receiving our inner being signal 24-7 of everything that is in our vortex. Mm -hmm. And a vortex, for those that don't know, is kind of a word that Abraham uses to kind of, it's like a holding container of all the vibrations that equal everything we've ever had a desire for. And so those broadcast signals are actually being broadcast into the universe where law of attraction hears them loud and clear, feels them, sees them, knows them, responds to them continually. However, and this is the insight that I, it's it, it, two-sided insight. One, we're the only thing keeping those things from being delivered to us because we have stuff that doesn't vibrate to the same thing that our inner beings vibrating to. True, yeah. 
But the thing that was so fascinating that I heard with a new level of clarity is, hey, my inner being is broadcasting what I want 24-7. Yeah, how cool is that, right? Yeah, and I went, huh. And then it made me think of something that I had said on a show a couple of weeks ago, where if we have what I would call a pure fleeting thought of a desire, and it's so fleeting, we don't even bother to give it any negative energy because we're not thinking like, oh my God, I have to have it. It's just like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? Mm-hmm. Kind of like if you're working in a business environment, you know, with a whole bunch of cubes and lots, lots of people in there and the floral delivery man comes to the floor and, and brings flowers to somebody on the floor. And uh, let's say the person in the cube next to them is thinking, gosh, those flowers are beautiful. I sure wish my husband would send me flowers. Mm -hmm. And then boom, they go on to something else. Right. That's what I call a fleeting thought. In other words, the woman who desired flowers, she wasn't going, what's wrong with my husband? He never sends me flowers, or I can't think of the last time I ever got flowers. That would be resistant. It lasted about three seconds, so yeah. Yeah, so in my little scenario here, it's just a, oh, that's so lovely when someone sends flowers. I love flowers. And then, boom, back to the computer, working and doing their thing. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thought that the moment the woman, th- the woman thinks that, her inner being goes, oh, she wants flowers, and begins broad- the broadcast signal for the woman wants flowers. Mm-hmm. And because there was no resistance present within her, I, I promise you, within days, if not hours, she'll receive flowers from someone. It could be her child picking flowers out of the garden and handing them to her. It could be, you know, a relative sending them. It could be a friend. It could be a lover. It could be all sorts of things. But the point is, when you have a fleeting thought like that, the way it manifests is because our inner being is doing the broadcast signal. And we are not doing anything to muck it up. And this idea became, became so alive to me today. And I went, now I understand how that fleeting thought has power because it's our inner being that is doing the vibrating. It's our inner being that is doing the broadcasting. Well, the attraction, which is a mechanism, is still the one delivering it, but the broadcast signal has to go out. So where does the inner being is doing that? So where does the 17-second rule come into it? Um, that's a slightly different something. That's more on the when you're purposely wanting to deliberately create something. I mean, you can also do it by default. But whenever you're talking about something, if you stick with it with, you know, sense of passion and intensity, within 17 seconds of staying on that subject, law of attraction will begin to manifest another thought of a like kind. Okay. Well, we're also okay. talking about manifesting actual physicality, phys- physical stuff with less than 17 seconds. So that's why I figured it's worth bringing up the point. Well, and I'm thinking, because I've, I've had a, a several situations that I'm very, that I remember in my life where I never, I had the desire, but I didn't even remember I had the desire till the manifestation showed up. See, I wonder so if it's possible. That, I'm sorry. I, w- I was wondering if it's possible that we could be giving more attention to it than just a few seconds and not realizing it. Maybe. <laughs> but maybe not. Because one has to do with the 17 seconds has to do with the law of attraction adding another thought. I'm not talking about law of attraction. I'm talking about my inner being. Because when you're in a step one experience, whether it's asking from a default something I don't like or an asking because, ooh, I like that she got flowers. I sure would like them too. Our inner being takes a hold of that energy immediately and becomes that energy and starts broadcasting it. But isn't that essentially what the law of attraction is? Law of attraction is basically vibrations being sent out now that's what we're talking about here and when the vibrations come uh, out you attract like you like attracts like the same kind of thing comes back to you law of attraction doesn't send out law of attraction no i'm sorry i'm not saying that properly 
when okay. when we're talking about uh, the law of attraction, we're talking about a vibrational signal going out. And through that vibrational signal, something of a similar vibration coming back. Well, the inner being is sending out a vibrational signal. So, right. I mean, again, the law of attraction is what's bringing the flowers to you or whatever it might be. The law right. of attraction is still playing um, a role there. It's not like the law of attraction has been cut out of the equation is what my point no, is. No, because law of attraction is still responding yeah. to the broadcast that's being sent from us. It's just that the point I'm making today that I thought was so unique that I hadn't really spent much time focusing on is how my inner being is still me. Mm -hmm. And my inner being is constantly sending those vibrational broadcasts. And as long as me, the physical self, is not doing anything to interrupt those that vibrational broadcast, that's going to come to me and it'll come fairly quickly. And I've heard Abraham say, really, it's more, it's more potent and more powerful that you don't do anything to put resistance on the trail than it is for you to even focus on what you desire. Well, that's an interesting concept then. Because what that really kind of suggests is that the 17-second rule is really involved where there's some kind of resistance involved, where, where it's not a clear signal. Because according to what you're, you're suggesting, 17 seconds isn't necessary, except in a case where there's some resistance for something to show up. Mm, I'm not quite sure that's the case, because there are some places where I've just desired, desired something. And so I just thought, well, let's get this ball rolling. And I just start purposely thinking on something so that I can pass the 17 second threshold. And I always know when I do because all of a sudden thinking on that subject and my inner dialogue on that subject becomes easier because law of attraction has handed me or I've received new thoughts on that same subject. Okay. I'm not sure uh, how I you're tying it. To say, there are many ways to manifest something. And one of them I was talking about was the fleeting thought. And I wanted to point out the leverage of how our inner being is constantly broadcasting everything we've ever desired. Yeah, well, that part's definitely and, very cool. Yeah, and so that's why I wanted to talk about leveraging our infinite being, because when we come to recognize and understand that our infinite being is continually broadcasting on our behalf, I know what that is now about to do for me. It's going to say, Wendy, get out of the way. <laughs> because in the past, I have felt like in order to get something that I desire, I have to continually focus and do the work to make it happen. Mm -hmm. And that's efforting. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, we're not meant to effort. We're meant to be in ease. And if I were trusting my inner being more often, I would be allowing the broadcast signal from my infinite being to go out into, you know, the universe, the law of attraction can respond to it and bring it to me. My only job is to get out of the way. And if I have any resistance to any idea of the things that I desire, clear up that energy. So I can, so the only signal going out is the positive signal from my inner being. And if I do happen to think about it, a positive signal from me, which means Nothing negative. Both my inner being and me are on the same page. We're both saying, yep, we want this cool thing. And there's nothing to interrupt that signal because it's a pure signal from both me, the physical self, as well as me, the eternal being self. Well, this brings up an interesting point, and it actually ties into a conversation I had with somebody briefly online, uh, actually on Facebook. In this conversation... What came up for me, because uh, this person was basically saying you know, kind of the same thing you're saying here, that it's just about getting out of the way, that um, that it's about getting alignment first, and that it's about you know, just wishing your, your, your wish and, and staying out of the way and letting the inner being deliver it. And that's all fine and good. But the point I was thinking about and trying to raise with him unsuccessfully, as it turned out, because we definitely weren't on the same wavelength at all, and I couldn't get my point across without making him upset, so I had to back off. But um, <laughs> the, the thought that occurred to me was, 
we never in any point of our lives stop having mental activity until we're dead. Mental activity True. is going on all the time. And wishes go on all the time. Preferences go on all the time, even when we're not intending to. Our mood changes, our emotional set point, as they call it, shifts throughout the day. And it never stays in one fixed point. It's floating, and it, it moves around based on what's going on and how good we are at uh, maintaining ourselves. I mean, there's a bunch of factors involved. But the point is there's a lot of activity going on, and it includes physical action. I'm not necessarily saying physical action directly related to whatever it is that we're wishing for, but I mean, we just take physical actions all day long. We, we don't just sit in a room quietly all day waiting for the next manifestation to show up. <laughs> it's just not the way humans live. <laughs> Right. You know, so with that as a as a sort of a foundation, one thing we do know is that if we're putting something out there in some way, whether deliberately or through default or just through, geez, I wish I had those flowers, you know, whatever it might be, we're still also dealing with our emotional set points, among other things. And if we're in a relatively bad mood, not necessarily because of that particular wish, but because, you know, the dog just did something on the rug or, you know, um, your, your spouse just yelled at you or, or the kids are giving you a hard time or whatever it might be, and you're allowing yourself to fall into that, well, you can be in a bad space. You can be in a negative space. True. And that's going to create some level of resistance to whatever you're putting out wishes for. And it doesn't even have to be directly related to it, just that you're, in, you're not in a good space, so you're not in a receiving place. That's true. That's you know? true. So, so here's the question. When do we get to a point where we actually have total clarity? Because the only thing I can think of is when we're in a totally happy space throughout the continuity of that event, whatever that event is. When you say total clarity, total clarity of what? Of joy, of emotional positivity, of joy, of happiness, of, of excitement, the, you know, the highest level on the emotional scale, clarity being one of the items on that scale. But for what purpose? Not necessarily for a purpose. It could be for a purpose or for non-purpose. Oh. We're just feeling good. We're, we're, we're feeling it. We're okay. feeling great. Okay, so now you asked a question, but I'm... <laughs> Sorry, I, I got kind of lost. <laughs> okay, so you're saying... Um, okay, go back and try to reformulate a question. <laughs> yeah, okay, let's see if I can do it. So other than when we're in that really, really, really high flying, flying place, we're always in resistance. On some level, even even in, in the more positive range, there's small, tiny amounts of resistance going on. And what we're positing here is that if there's no resistance, stuff's going to come through. Therefore, I have to conclude the only time we're ever in that place of no resistance is when we're in that high-flying place. And we're able to stay there until whatever it is manifests. Would you agree? I think I followed that. I would say that if you're in a great place and you're feeling a sense of well-being um if you if, if whatever you however you've mar determined marks i'm in a space of alignment if you're in that place that means you are in a receiving mode and then i would this you know hey i was hypothesizing about this leveraging thing yeah but i think it's real mm -hmm. um but how it all flows with all the other things we have going on is still uh up in the air okay i think you're raising a great question with it um if if you were in the process of of manifesting the the floral delivery and you're in a great place chances are it's going to come through mm -hmm. that that would make sense to me because if on the other if hand you, you, you kind of wish if that you uh, had the idea that you wanted the flowers and your inner inner being is is broadcasting that but you've already forgotten about it and all of a sudden you get in a really ugly mood and you stay there well, the flowers may not show up because now you're not in a receiving mode for it to come through. Yeah. They might not even show up if you just kind of get into a, not a, not a really bad place, just kind of like a bored place, you know, just because there's just enough resistance to keep it away. You know, here's what's interesting. While you were talking, Walt, the word algorithm popped into my head. <laughs> algorithm. I love it. <laughs> Which, you know, of all words, right? But, you know, as, as I've had multiple conversations with you now off air, about SEO and about Google searches yeah. and about other things. What I've come to understand from you is there's such an incredible level of complexity when programmers write these algorithm algorithmic programs. True, yeah. That it's kind of like what I've finally concluded is it's impossible for me to try to beat the algorithms to get 
my SEO so that my keywords can be at the top of any search engine. Yeah, it's not impossible, it's like, but, but you're basically trying to play the lottery hoping you're going to win because that, yeah, that's well, what the odds like, are. It's impossible for me to use, you know, logic because I don't understand what their logic is. <laughs> that's right. It's all and hidden. So, yeah, I understand <laughs> it's like a crapshoot or it's like the yeah. lottery. Well, I don't want to say law of attraction is like that, and yet it sort of is because we really don't know all the different variables at play at any one given time. Yeah. Because there's so many energies that are inherent within us that we are unaware of. Right. They're there. Yeah. Like this thing I'm talking about, this fraudulent scamming energy, this right. fear of loss. Yep. If you were to ask me a couple weeks ago if I was afraid of anything, I'd say no. Because consciously I wasn't aware of anything. Right. But sure enough, this thing popped up and it got my attention. So I'm like, well, son of a gun, I had this fear of loss thing going <laughs> Who on. Who knew, what right? Do you know? <laughs> yeah, and fortunately, I didn't get angry about it. Right. I was actually quite delighted. Yeah, you discovered it. What I've also talked about is when you are intensely working towards something, which we all know right now, I'm intensely working toward new income streams. Right. So I feel a sense of not only monetary freedom, but really a creative freedom to do the things that I love to do. That's what I'm really going for. And so as I'm wanting to create that and have that flow into my life experience, I also know that every energy that does not equal me get, attaining this thing that I desire is going to show up so that I can move it out of the way, clear my path so I can move toward that thing I desire. Because I'll tell you, last night when I got the, ooh, fear of loss, for probably three, maybe four hours before I got the clarity of the phrase, clear of law, uh, fear of loss, I had this energy that I just, I was, it was like soupy. It was, ugh. and I was just being aware of it. And I was asking, what is this? And I got the word creepy. <laughs> Yeah, this feels creepy. It's a creepy energy. Mm. It wasn't something like that scared me to death, but I went, there's a fear element to it, and there's an icky element to it, and there's a slimy element to mm. it. It was creepy. It was, <laughs> yeah. I can see that. And so I remember saying, oh, wow, I sure hope whatever I'm working through, this won't last long, because this is, yeah, it's creepy. And I will tell you, the creepy is gone. Good. And it that energy was attached to this fear of loss of, you know, money, the fear of loss of romantic relationship, the fear of like having it just slip through my fingers, you know, and it was almost like I was holding on to this creepy, I'll become something I'm not and camouflage myself in order to try to become what somebody else wants me to be so that I will get the attainment of the thing that I want. I just of course, didn't realize that they re those things really weren't a match for me. Mm. And I think that's what's creepy. Me trying to become something I'm not, that's creepy. <laughs> that's a fair evaluation. Yeah, I would say so. Sure. Um, but see, that was a vibration. That was an energy in me that I was not consciously aware of. But I so clearly see that it is in contradiction or resistance to me getting the fulfillment of Project X, which is having new income streams in a way that allow me to have creativity in the things that I do. And so I wasn't afraid of it showing up, even though, yes, I called it a fear, but it's like, I'm delighted when these things show up on my path, because that lets, that to me is a sign that I'm making great progress toward the thing that I really desire, or this weird thing wouldn't have shown up. Mm -hmm. And then of course I was able to you know, find the resolution or find um, a better feeling thought, which is, oh, I can't match up with something that doesn't really match me. That would be called a mismatch. <laughs> this is true. Yes. <laughs> well, the attraction doesn't mismatch. Very it only succinctly. matches. It only knows how to do one thing. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's true. The blue, the blue socks will be matched up with the other blue socks. It won't match up <laughs> a blue with a white. It doesn't work that way. <laughs> My nieces do that on purpose. It's their fashion statement. But they they mix the it up. Doesn't do that. <laughs> That's funny. 
That's really good. So anyway, did that sort of kind of clear up what it were, or not clear up so much, but answer the question that you were kind of... Well, kind of. I mean, I, I think you're right. It's a soup. The, the, I mean, we, we evaluate this stuff. We, we try to explore this stuff in kind of like like a little bubble because we need to keep our categories clear in order to understand the concepts. What I usually try to do, though, in the back of my mind as we're talking about these things is, is I also try to integrate them into the way life actually goes because life is a soup and it's it's got all kinds of stuff going on. Some of it's icky, to use the technical term. Some of it's feel good. Some of it's somewhere between. And we're, we're navigating this at all times. And because we're navigating it at all times, we we try to draw these rules, so to speak, to help us understand, okay, we want to get into the good feeling place. We want to be in alignment and all that kind of stuff. And that's all good. There's There's nothing wrong with that. I just think it's also useful to remember we are doing this in a realm that is not that clear cut. Most of the time, our lives, our energies, our things that we're thinking about, our wishes, our, our things that we fear, and also all that sort of thing, they're, they're not clear cut. They, they, and they emerge at various times, and they go away at various times. And it, a lot of it has to do with what we focus on. Probably all of it focus is, is what we focus on. But nevertheless, it's the soup going on. And I think it. I think anything has to be understood in that context. So I haven't really pushed this point before, and I probably won't push it a lot. But I think about it whenever we talk about this stuff. I ask, okay, how does this actually work in the real world, so to speak? Now, although even that phrase, we kind of poo-poo because the real world could be manipulated by our thoughts. But I don't know how else to say it. How do we? How do we incorporate that into this this universe of energy where we're all doing all these exchanges of, of energy and vibration and thinking about stuff and rejecting certain things and, and saying, yes, I like that other thing and so on and so forth. Because it isn't just a simple well, you know, one transaction universe. That's very true. And and nothing about it is linear. Yeah. It's not like here's step one, here's step two, and boom, you land on step three. Right. It does. It, it's never that simplistic. Um, I would say in looking at it from a big picture perspective, the more positive things that we can latch onto of things that we can determine, oh, this works, or this is a positive way to look at this, or here's a really good belief. The more of those we acquire, the easier it is to actually manifest something. Makes total sense to me. Yeah. I mean, because once upon a time when I knew nothing about law of attraction and I wasn't doing very much when it came to like uh, self-help development, um, I lived in a very default world where what I observed was my reality. And the more of it I observed, if it was not pleasant, the more of that I kept getting more of. But so was the rest of the people around me. Mm -hmm. So it didn't seem like it was odd. I just had an inner knowing. I wanted something different or better. Yeah, sure. Or I wanted an improvement. Well, me too. Yeah. Um, and so as I started to seek out personal development programs, courses, teachers, um, and I was really uh, surrounding myself with more uplifting ideas, and I'd think on them often enough, they really did start to take hold inside of me. And they started to build like a foundation for feeling good and living a good life. Um, and then it really was, I mean, NLP did a lot for me as well. Tony Robbins did a lot for me, but it really was law of attraction that put me over the edge in a positive way because I so resonated with the ideas that were within the law of attraction that I just had an internal knowing. And this is not because anybody, any teacher said this to me. This is me and my own inner being. We, we got it. Mm. We went, oh, yeah, this information is going to move the needle for Wendy because I understood that there was something powerful in here. Now, I know other people, they connect with law of attraction in a way that they go, yeah, that's not working for me because it doesn't line up with their beliefs or their filters or their experiences. And that's okay because I believe there'll be another system in this universe that connects for them that will help to bring them into uh, greater alignment. But law of attraction did it for me. And so as I have been listening more and more to Abraham Hicks and reading other books on law of attraction and listening to other law of attraction leaders, I have put together more and more foundational understanding. 
And so because I have so many of them within me now, that's why this morning I could lay in bed, I could tap into the, you know, creepy <laughs> email exchange I had with the scammer fraud guy. Right. And boom, I, you know, was able to like reconnect with what I had last night, which is this is about fear of loss. I'm able to say, okay, so what is it? What, what's the thought that's going to shift this for me? And one of the thoughts that was already within me is you can't say the right thing to the wrong person and you can't say the wrong thing to the right person. Now, I've heard that from thought leaders so much. I'm like, I get that. Oh, wow, I get that. And that dwarfed the old way of thinking. Mm -hmm. That trumped that loss of fear thing. And when I thought about loss of fear, I'm like, I'm not afraid of losing anything. I can't lose anything. There's nothing, there's nothing to be afraid of. But my point there is that because that phrase was already a well-known, well-understood concept for me, all it required was for my infinite being to like remind me of that phrase. And I went, ah, duh, of course. And it was an easy transition for me. Now, if somebody's brand new to positive messages, it will take a little bit more convincing sometimes. Sure. You know? Yeah. And so that's why wherever anybody is in their journey, you know, the first thing I would suggest to anybody is surround yourself with messaging that supports who you are and who you want to become. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you do that, you're taking control. You're, you're putting absolutely. yourself in a place to win. Where we lose, where, where our apparent attempts to manipulate the law of attraction and use it to our advantage fall apart is where we don't actually consistently apply these basic things we know to do to get ourselves into that control place, to get ourselves into the frame of mind we need to, to focus the way we want to, to stay on the, the on what we like and, and off what we don't like to, to do all the things we know to do. That, that's mm -hmm. basically where the rubber meets the road. And the momentum that I had been building um, since I started deciding, you know, maybe four months ago about my new career trajectory has been building um, faster and faster and faster. I mean, mm. I, in a way, in the beginning, I was like, wow, I was getting some really cool ideas. Yeah. But I also knew that sometimes there might be three, four, five days <laughs> until I got the next really cool idea. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the next cool idea was pretty darn awesome. But now I feel like I get something every single day. And I'm like, oh, this is called momentum. And I was having a conversation with a dear friend of mine yesterday. She's also a colleague. And um, she's like, I think the only, no, she's one of two people at my job that I have talked about. I'm ready to exit my job. Ready in terms of emotionally ready, but I'm not financially ready. Mm -hmm. And that is something that I'm absolutely working Toward. Oh, yeah. And so she and I talk usually about once a, once a month. And I said to her, and it just came out of me. And I said, you know what? My expectation is when we talk next month, I will be telling you that I'm telling I'm, I'm providing my boss with my um, resignation. And my intention is to no longer be at that job by the end of June. Wow. By the end of June, I'm out of there. Wow. And then I thought about, and then we get up the phone, and I thought about that, and I went, oh, you know, when we started Project X, remember in June. how I had end of June? Oh, yeah. My, my target? And then you moved it to April 1st because you got another thing, yeah. Yeah, and then I felt, oh, April 1st. Well, I got to tell you, considering how many things I have overcome in terms of resistance, <laughs> I'm really grateful my inner being gave me move the date up to April 1st because it sure made me move faster. Yeah. And, you know, June 30th may still be the day, but I'll tell you, when I got off the phone with her last night, I went, oh, my God, um, what does this really mean? And I started looking at it in real terms. Mm -hmm. And I went, okay, that means I, I have like about four weeks to be ready to say I have seen enough signs and indicators with new income that I'm willing to let go of my current secure income. Mm-hmm. And I went, okay, four weeks. And I went, oh, wow. <laughs> there was a little bit of trepidation that popped in. And then I went, okay, Wendy. And here's what was really cool. 
because of all the things that have happened so far for me, where I decide it and it happens and I decide it and it happens, I want there, this is nothing different. I have been um, in rehearsal for what I'm about to launch now. And, and what I'm about to launch now is setting very specific monetary goals, energetic goals, creative goals, so that I can give my resignation four to five weeks from now. I suspect, too, you're going to have a lot of opportunities for more chances to remove resistances you didn't know about and to really accelerate yourself. Because if you think the acceleration has been big so far, you can probably pretty much double and triple it by the end of May. And I, I, I have a sense that any resistance that's still left is small. Just well, like good. this fear of loss, I consider that small. Mm -hmm. Because it took nothing more than getting awareness of it, acknowledging of it, and I flicked it away. Yeah. Got the new thought, boom. That one's over. Yeah, it was a flicker. <laughs> yeah, it was just I flicked it away. So it's like, okay, I love the fact that it's Friday. Because one of my most favorite things to do is on Friday to get a really solid, powerful idea of what I want to work on creating. Mm -hmm. And now I have the weekend where I will focus on this, bathe in it, and I mean, milk it like you would not believe, because that's what I do. Uh -huh, and okay. I will do my thing. And so by the time I go back on Monday, it would not surprise me if I didn't already create new clients, two new clients over this weekend. Yeah, that would be par for the course at least. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if it was more than that. Because why not? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like I don't feel like, oh, my God, that's too much to ask for. Because throughout this time, I've learned I'm discoverable. Mm -hmm. I learned that law of attraction absolutely matches me with what I'm asking for. Last week, when I asked for um, me to start connecting with clients, I did. They just weren't paying clients. So then I asked, I want to connect with paying clients. And then I started connecting with paying clients. You know, when I wanted the merchant account, I wanted it to happen in two days, and it did. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted it to happen with ease, and it did. And I'm like, two things. One, I have much more confidence in my ability to uh, deliberately set an intention and desire. But two, the purpose of or the topic of today's show is adding another component that is really powerful. I am so going to focus on the leverage of the fact that my inner being is broadcasting everything I desire 24-7. I just need to, A, line up with it or get the hell out of the way. <laughs> or both. <laughs> well, both is probably better because that's the clearest and cleanest uh, possible path for a signal to go. But, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. And that's very cool. And yeah, and I'm definitely, like, the question on my mind or the statement on my mind is, hey, inner being, help me find better better clarifying ways to get on the same page that you're on. Mm. Yeah, well, I want to think like you're thinking as often as possible on this topic so we can move and groove to the point where our clients are popping in so fast and furious that there's no other option except to quit my day job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, because for me, for me, it's not just both. topic. It's for me, it's any topic. I want all the topics to have that level of clarity. Every topic okay, that goes well, on in my I'm, life. I'm sticking on. I'm just going to focus on. You one. just you stick to one. Oh, okay, on well, that's fine. I'll go this for one. You go for plan. one. <laughs> I'm focusing on one. Oh, but okay. I'm going to throw this in just for grins. So I, I've been on eHarmony for years, but I hardly have and had any hits lately. Mm -hmm. But today mm -hmm. I saw this thing. Hey, for only three three ninety five a month, you know, you can sign back up, which is like an incredible deal for them. And I went, you know what? I want to see how well this new energy is working yeah, for me. Yeah, why not? So sign me back up. <laughs> yeah, go for it. You know, we'll just see what happens. See there. what happens. Give us a report on Monday. Sound good? <laughs> it sounds great, Well, It sounds good to me, too. And we hope that you have a great weekend, everybody. And we hope you join us again next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.